Are we ready? Cool. It's quite amazing. Ask not what your voice can do for you. Well, welcome to the Haas Boys Podcast. All things F1 and American accent with Mike on my right. Hey. And Parker on my left. Parker. We have a lot of stuff going on in the news. Let's get into it. What have you guys heard? Man, so much news. All the news. <laughs> what do we have? <laughs> right back to you, man. I mean, we have Haas and sponsors. Haas not almost making it to testing. Haas yeah. still doesn't have their driver nailed down. Yeah. Haas is kind of the bell of the ball at, at the moment for... Center of attention. Yeah, F1 Press is uh, is having a field day with Haas right now, which is sweet. I love seeing Haas plastered all over the place, man. There's no news like bad news. Sometimes press at all is the best kind of press you could get. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy to think that with so much press that they might get better sponsorship. We're talking about Reddit right now, but yeah. hop on Reddit and you take a look at who's getting the most attention by miles. Mm-hmm. It's Haas. <laughs> it's crazy. And what are sponsors looking for? And whereas previously Reddit stuff on Haas was always kind of like poking fun at they were was in last place. Now yeah. people are coming out of the woodworks trying to support it. And it's fun to be like, oh, Reddit, everyone has a love for Haas because we know this already. And hey, folks, come here. We are the biggest supporters of Haas F1. If you want somebody to join with in this great comeback journey this season, tune in with us at Haas Boys. We're here for it. You're going to get all the news. We can promise that we'll give it to you straight from the, <laughs> what do you say? The exhaust. It's straight out of the exhaust. <laughs> No uh, pole. I mean, just this year, <laughs> But this year, there's no dirty air. You're right. There is no dirty air coming out of that exhaust. It's not coming out of that exhaust <laughs> so dirty no to... more. <laughs> Great. Uh, um, so let's take this at one at a time. I guess sponsor. Well, first of all, Nikita. Right? Nikita. We've lost Nikita. That's officially gone. Out. Officially gone. Glad to see it, but got a new driver's seat. Would you call it completely open? Completely open. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there was rumors that Fittipaldi was right. going to be selected. Um, mm-hmm. And that, to me, is exciting for one reason, because he is born in Miami. Yeah. So we'd have an American driver so, in an American team. Like, that's really cool. And he comes from a lineage. His grandfather was a Formula One world champion. Oh, oh no kidding. Emerson Fittipaldi. Oh, cool. So having a Fittipaldi race for Haas, super cool. We get that bloodline in the sport again, and it's we got the Schumacher and Fittipaldi team. We're talking about two world Previous world champions. That's a super cool opportunity. Is there other options than Fittipaldi? Yes, there is. We brushed on a few last week. Um, and I think the reason I was thinking today, why would Fittipaldi not be a good deal? I think Haas doesn't want to go another year with a rookie in that driver's seat. Yeah, I think Schumacher It was pretty is, harsh last year. Yeah, Schumacher is a really good driver, but he's still very new. And Haas would absolutely benefit from having experience. Considering especially that the team was built around experienced drivers and not rookies. So this is kind of uncharted territory for them, which is what they endeavored into last year. Yeah. And I think that at this point, especially while they're developing the new car, some experience would be very valuable. And who could we who could we get that from? We talked about Hulkenberg, Hulkenberg. and Giovinazzi. Yep. I haven't heard of anyone else, but I don't really know. Well, one of the things that's interesting about Giovinazzi is that he has had success in Formula 2 and all the racing divisions that he's been a part of leading up to Formula 1. And when you look at his track record, 
Ferrari had those bad seasons, and we do actually in, plan on talking a little bit more about that later mm. this episode. Coming up. Stay tuned. Ooh. But while Ferrari was having a few seasons suffering, those were his first seasons as an F1 driver. So the only measurement that you can really peg him against is his time against Kimi Raikkonen. What did that look like? Well, for the most part, he outpaced Kimi. His record was better than Kimi for most of the time that they were together. That's cool. Especially last year. He had a really good run last year. How long did he have in the sport? How long was his career going for? He had a very small introduction in 2017 and then came back after uh, Marcus Erickson and Charles Leclerc left the team. Then it was a complete wipe the floor clean and start with new guys. And it was Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi. I believe that was in 2018 or maybe even 2019. So he had a couple of years in the sport and never really in a competitive car. But I think Giovinazzi would be awesome. Tons of experience, Italian driver. I love the idea of trying to get him to Ferrari at some point. Wouldn't that just be great if we could get some experienced talent in that Haas seat after just the what we've had for the past couple of years, which is just kind of a lot of chaos. Mm. It would be cool to to see them nail something down. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about the fact that some of these other driver opportunities that are out there do come with interest. They do come with sponsorship dollars. I mean, everybody mm. kind of came from karting with something. And that's how they got to Formula One. So I think that there's opportunities for new blood, for new sponsorship dollars that could play into what they do next. And so I think that that does start to bring into the conversation what could happen. And as we were talking about, Reddit has been set ablaze with, well, how much money can we raise on Reddit? <laughs> right. Yeah. To throw on the side of the car. I mean, can we start a GoFundMe for Haas? I mean, for sure we could. We, we, the Haas Should boys, we? Uh, yeah, let, let's do it. Let's see what we can do, yeah. And then just start getting people to donate. If we can get the Haas boys logo on the Haas, or just, a, yeah, that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Even if it's a tiny little sticker. What would that cost? How much is a sticker on a car, Mike? I think if we make enough noise, they'll probably give it to us. <laughs> let's do it, man. I think it'd be, uh, let's do it. Okay. Listeners, we will post in our bio. We're raising money. We're out for points. There you go. That's the better way to say it. Which brings us to our first sponsor. This episode brought to you by <laughs> Gene Haas's wallet. Because who needs sponsorships? Yeah, they don't have anything. Is that really the only person sponsoring this car right now? They also have one and yeah, one. Yeah, what is that? I think and one and one is... <laughs> Michael, what is that? Damn it. <laughs> hate when you guys do this. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, one sponsor is crazy. Yeah. I'm thinking of other cars and they're just littered with logos. Oh, it's a web hosting company. It's called Ionos. Okay. And it is a web hosting service. Nice. Jeez, where's Jeff Bezos? I feel like this is something he would want to bolster his image with. We don't want Dr. Can't Evil. we get AWS on the side of something? We've already had enough of the... Uh, tricky sponsorship yeah. we don't need any more we've had rich energy they were a gem the only thing that we can thank them for though was bringing the lotus black and gold back for a couple of years which was, was fun. which was fun is that right that by the end of it they had somebody found out that rich energy had like six hundred dollars on the books oh i'm sure there was even less than that <laughs> that there just never was the money but they're not the first scheme it's funny um and the other thing big in the news is that haas is having trouble making it to testing? Yeah. Can we talk about a, a hostimistic conspiracy? Okay. We've been hearing rumors 
that the Haas car is the most advanced car in the field. Yeah. We, we've heard this from Sam in the F1 paddock. He works for Formula One. He's the one that has, uh, he does all the technical evaluation and analysis. Mm. Gotcha. And S- Simone Resta said th- as much, didn't he? Paul DeResta or Sam? Simone, the technical director for Haas. Oh, oh. cool. That's what, I, that's, that's what he said. Looks like Mike lost his job as the info man. That's strike two. <laughs> Today's rough, guys. We always been keeping score, Mike. <gasps> yeah, man. You got one last episode. That's <laughs> two. <laughs> wow. Is this going to be three strikes then? I don't know. Max Whoa. and I know though. I'm gonna. Wow. Okay. I better sharpen this pencil. Jeez. Right now, Haas has the most advanced car, quote unquote. Are they sandbagging? Is this an opportunity to not show the car too much, pull it off of track, say, we have an oil leak, we're having reliability issues? Because how many laps yeah. did they get the previous testing, like under 10? It was very few. Yeah. Before they pulled it off. Mm-hmm. And I felt the same thing about Sauber, mm. Alfa Romeo. They seem to have a very short run as well. And both Botas and some of the drivers were kind of saying, well, I wouldn't rule us out yet. Mm-hmm. Reliability issues at the first day of testing are pretty normal. But on top of that, I think that, you know, Mercedes says they're going to bring a highly upgraded car. Red Bull said the same thing. We're going to be seeing something almost completely new as we get to Bahrain for some of these cars. Is that typical? In this regulation, where they've changed the car so much, they're not going to show their hand until race day, day one. (laughs) And so this is like, we're inching toward that, but they're not going to show it just yet. But on top of that, Haas is also playing games with the big boys right now because they know that they can be caught so much faster. So in my Haas-domistic conspiracy, I think Haas might be doing this somewhat on purpose. Nice. We can all be a little more Haas-domistic. Because, yeah, everyone's feeling so sorry for Haas. No sponsor, no driver. Yeah. Their plane breaks down or whatever. No, nah, it's all part of the plan. Yeah. I've got I've got a little bit of a shady look to throw their way this time. But in like the in the positive way, I'm kind of like, oh, your plane broke down. You don't have a you don't have a truck full of car engineers and aerospace scientists. Your plane broke down <laughs> and your truck is suffering from car problems. Just to, <laughs> Yeah, you guys have car problems? <laughs> I've seen you rebuild Nikita Mazepin's car several times in 10 minutes. Top to bottom. Yeah. And that would just keep them off the testing track, which is less visibility. For is a potential that, upgrade. Yeah. For something that they would be bringing to testing or the race weekend. So I've been kind of offline for the past 24 hours or so. What's the update here? Are they going to get some testing done? Or if they're not there for the first day, are they out completely? Or how does that work? Because it isn't a contest of any kind, missing a day of testing is it is frowned upon. It is something that you don't want to do because the data is so important that you gain and you get to also test the reliability. There's so much that you you want out of testing, but because it isn't a competition, there's no like check-in time. Okay, so if they didn't make the first day, it's not like you have to be there the first day. Okay, that just seems like an F1 thing to do. It's like, if you're not there the first day, you can't ever test. Kind of reminds me of in the NBA when they have the All-Star game coming up and the biggest All-Stars will sometimes like have an injury where they're like, oh, like I've sprained my hamstring. I need to take a week or two off and that that's the all-star weekend because they don't want to play in the game because they, they don't want to risk injury. And then they're all of a sudden healed. They've done therapy and now they're back playing in the regular season. That makes a lot of sense. kind of what that reminds me of. 
Yeah, I think there could be some of that card playing. Speaking of which, let's move into talking about Ferrari and sandbagging and how that has affected Haas and Alfa Romeo. Yeah. That's the big question. Yeah. Like, have they been sandbagging for the past little while? It's really interesting. Interesting thought? Conspiracy? Yeah. What would you say? It would make a lot of sense, and it seems like very much up F1's alley for Ferrari to do something kind of sketchy like that, being that they could nerf their engines a little bit, and that means that all of their subsidiary teams like Haas uh-huh. and like Alpha would be underperforming while they're building something very mm. new. I'd love to get that info of if they've got a new engine in 2022, it would make a lot of sense why their performance was so poor up until this point. It's because it's like we're putting new technology Mm. into 2022. And they just did with Haas and Alpha and their own team what Haas did, which is take your foot off the pedal for what's going right now in favor of what's about to come. Obviously, they couldn't tell their teams that because that would be super shady to say like, hey, we're all going to be losing for three or four years because we're working on 2022. But we'll see. We'll have our answer in 2022. It's not like it's going to go later than that. I think to put into perspective the way that they've kind of planned and understanding the way that the F1 regulations were going to take place, how they were strategizing when these rules were going to take off, how they were going to be affected, what teams were going to benefit the best. So in, in all of Formula One's wisdom, they created this opportunity for the teams to have a more equal playing field. These rules and regulations were created to basically bring the pack closer together, but in the most Formula One way possible by allowing them to still design bespoke cars and create their own aero theories and and see how they shake out on the racetrack. But in doing so, how they finished in the world championship, not the drivers, but the constructors championship, would determine how much wind tunnel time each team got. Wait, Hmm. is this a thing now? This is how they decided for the 22 regulations who would get the most wind tunnel time. No kidding. And they measure that. And Ferrari finishing lower than they normally do. So they finished sixth. And finishing sixth means that they got more wind tunnel time Mm. than the other top two teams, Red Bull and Mercedes. And it's just a diminishing amount of wind tunnel time as you go up the ladder. Yeah. And so it was in the best interest of Ferrari. But now let's take one more step further. They had signed Charles Leclerc to the longest term contract a Ferrari driver has seen in years with a five-year deal. So they knew they weren't going to lose Charles. Mm-hmm. Chucky Leclerc. They were already losing Sebastian Vettel, not by his own want or doing, mm. but because Benotto wanted him out. So they knew that they were going to throw 2020 away. Wow. And that by throwing 2020 away, they would then benefit by having more time to test the newest car. I had no idea about wind tunnel time. This is a little off topic, but all of no. this is getting my blood pumping about 2022. <laughs> yeah. We could be cheering Haas up into points yeah. and, and maybe deep into points. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of supporting evidence for this. Obviously, it's anybody's game, but like if that's true at all, which 
we can guarantee it's kind of true. It's too good of an idea for them to just say, okay, let's cool it for a few years. And they've sucked. Their engine has sucked. Their power unit has sucked. Alpha's done poorly. Haas has done poorly. It's like, it makes sense. Even if they did that like 10%, that's a little 10 or 15% more boost than Haas already has with better drivers and perhaps the most advanced car. It's a little aside, but it just no, does get me so stoked good. about 2022. So good. And imagine this, the FIA come to you and they say, your engine is illegal, which happened to them. So Ferrari leading up to, I think, 2018 mm. had, um, they put it, they <clears> put there was an investigation that Mercedes had put in place on the Ferrari power unit. Oh, they found out they had a Hemi. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, Similar. it's the moment that Mercedes also found out that the other cars had engines and they were upset. <laughs> they, needed to, they needed to get Michael. <laughs> Michael. No, Michael. It's so wrong. No. No, Look Michael. Into it. They have engines. <laughs> that total impression started out really low and then got like really high. No, Michael. They have engines. <laughs> no, Michael. It's so, so not right. They have engines in there too. But we have engines. <laughs> so he was mad they had engines. He's uh, pretty mad if which, you heard when him. When you look at it, it makes sense. They're the underdog. <laughs> Think of being in Ferrari's shoes. The FIA, the FIA, they're quite the nice shoes. Mm, they're the shoes, they're very nice. It's much more pleasant to conoscerla. Where is the biblioteca? You look at a little bit of the pointy shoes. I'm sorry to all the Italians listening. There's none. <laughs> <laughs> but the FIA, yeah. they've approached you, they've told you your engine is no longer legal and that you have to re-engineer your platform mm. sans the component that they flagged as illegal. Tough. Now, everyone in the sport speculates. They know a little bit that there was a hydraulic system on the engine that was ruled illegal. We don't know what it did. We don't know why it was illegal but we know that it gave him a lot of performance. It's interesting. As one quick aside, I was just reading about Group A. We did talk about Group B recently, but there was a, or Honda's car, and Group A did, had a little hydraulic system in their intake system. I, I, what are they carbureted back then? Basically, it was a little device that would open up the volume of their intake manifold is what I'm going to call it and allowed them to suck in a ton of more air mm. and it gave them like 250 more horsepower and it does make me wonder <laughs> it's like what, what what was that it could be powering anything that's that's kind of the point of if you have an additional hydraulic system that was not approved you could gain a lot and it was no secret that Ferrari was beating Mercedes on the straights and we know Mercedes has a tendency to be quick to ban or to try to get something banned when they're getting beat in that Which department. makes sense. It is is part of the politics. <laughs> it's part of the game. <laughs> it, it, it brings out an eye roll yes, for sure. Yes. But Ferrari was caught. They had a system that was ruled illegal. And then this kind of unfolded right around the time period of when they were evaluating what teams were going to have the benefit leading into the 2022 regulations at the time, the 21 regulations, but because of COVID pushed a year and let's assume something. Benotto sits down with Fred Vasseur from Alfa Romeo and sits down with Gene Haas and says, this is the situation we're in. We think that we take the next few years to develop our cars, develop the engine, and we take a slight back seat and then 
we hit the ground harder than anybody else in 22 because we know Red Bull and Mercedes are going to go hard against each other mm-hmm. until that next regulation. There's a different take that it was the three of the teams sitting together. Interesting. You'd have to think that those teams are deeply questioning their commitment to Ferrari in this time period. Oh, right. Right. And obviously Alfa Romeo is owned by Fiat and is a Ferrari Fiat subsidiary. So they are a part of that family. Clearly they're not going to leave. But Haas's allegiance to Ferrari is there. Could they have left? Well, you kind of see something similar in Drive to Survive with Red Bull and Renault and the Honda engine. And they weren't performing well in the Renault at the time. And so they like broke up with Cyril and that was like a big kind of thing. And then go over to a Honda. Right. So I'm imagining it's something similar with them. It was totally possible, total opportunity for them to become an Alpine team, right? Yeah. Renault right now doesn't provide an engine to anyone other than Alpine. Mm. And so that power unit opportunity is there. It's being rumored to be the potential power unit for the Andretti team. So it is something that existed, would have been a Haas option. So the, the, to boil it down, just think a little bit. I'm like, again, my tinfoil hat this year is, is something else. <laughs> Glued on. Yeah. So, you know, bear with me in my F1 conspiracies. But I think that this feels very planned. Interesting. To your point, we're not hearing a lot of chatter that goes against that. We're not hearing Haas or Gunther saying like, yeah, we're thinking about getting it in a, into another power unit. Yeah. Like, which would make a lot of sense. Nobody would be surprised if they said, yeah, we're looking at Honda or like, we're looking for other power units. We're not pleased with Ferrari, but they're not. It is conspicuously absent that they're not talking about parting ways with Ferrari. And clearly Red Bull has more strength, more power to bring to the table to be like, hey, we're leaving this behind. We're leaving Renault. We're striking out on our own. Where Haas might just be like, let's keep these relationships. We've got them. And to be fair, a lot of what Haas has built has been Ferrari-based. The car's been Ferrari-based. The engine's theirs. There's a lot of those types of things that have been gray area rules that they have benefited from. Yeah. And so as that's been developing, I think that that's part of where they're at, but they could be doing that with anybody. Again, I don't know the terms of the agreement there. So I think that there's an opportunity to potentially be like, we're going to be a new Red Bull team or we're going to be a new Alpine sub team, a farm Mm. team, because they don't have one. We don't know. Haas and Ferrari could have signed a pretty extensive like deal. A, a five or 10 year agreement together right. and we wouldn't have to know that. Correct. But it, but again, just to boil it down and to maybe even conclude it, what two teams are the ones that we've seen the least of so far? They're Ferrari sub teams and Ferrari came out of the gate pretty strong. Mm. They've shown a lot of reliability. Their car is very unique and they came up with that new nose with the, that we talked about. I just think that there's a lot of promise coming out of the Italy camp right Mm, now interesting quick follow-up question i'm using the terms nerf and buff here which is like nerf meaning i love it do they take a turn you know turn it into a nerf gun or do they buff it and make it super strong resonates with me perfectly if ferrari buffs their engine this year we get the engine they've been working on for three years does that mean that alpha and haas are getting that engine or do they not have to get that engine until 2023 so that's a great question that i'm going to speculate but I believe that because this new this new car, the most recent rules, they're going to all be on the same wavelength. Were there big engine changes in these rules? They had to change the engines because of the size 
Okay, so it's not like Ferrari could pretend, that, and that, and I know that that's against the rules for them to pretend and give their other teams a different engine. That's F1 rules that subs have to get the same engine. There is within a certain uh, a relative spec. Okay. But some of the teams do some things to the engines. You know, obviously, just because I'm such a Haas fan, it's like you don't want to see the, some underhanded stuff coming out of Ferrari just because that would be so terrible. But I, And I, I just doubt it, but I am curious because maybe I made this up, but that I thought I knew that these other teams needed to pass their... Most recent spec. Their most recent spec, but that meant last year's spec. I believe that it's within a certain time threshold, but I don't think it's that long. Okay. I think it has to be within a certain month period of the most recent spec. We'll read into it and... Uh, we'll We'll verify this. And uh, talk about it next episode a little bit. Fascinating. I think that's awesome to think about. It's really exciting. It's, yeah, just a lot to look forward to. What if Alpha and Ferrari and Haas were up in yeah. midfield this year? That's not a crazy uh, thing. It's, yeah, it's fun. If they get their drivers worked out, Mick could be, you know, an eighth to a fifth and maybe a third this year. It'd be so fun to see a podium. As so we know, fun. with any race in F1, there are some races that anybody can be first oh yeah a pack gets shuffled up there's a crash and someone out of the back is leading like Ocon. yeah Ocon did that last year right Right. (laughs) and what if we saw mick leading a race this year that would be so amazing crazier things have happened and i think the what made the 90s and made the early 2000s so rad and so fun to watch. It was almost anybody's game. Mm-hmm. There's obviously still some top contenders, but there was a lot more variation in what we were seeing on the podium each week as opposed to Hamilton, Botas, and Verstappen. Gotcha. It's fun, guys. This is really exciting. And we hope that you guys join us. We're going to be posting every week, and we hope that you guys join us on this whole journey. It's going to be a fun season. Shifting gears, looking forward to the next season and all the races. We want to talk a bit about the racetracks. I know me as a new kind of comer to the sport, the only tracks that I can really recognize as iconic tracks are Monaco because I've been told it's iconic. And then, yeah, me and Parker were lucky enough to go to Monza. So that seems like a iconic track to me. But I guess I wanted to open it up to all of us, um, especially to Mike. What are some of the historic tracks that we should be looking forward to? Because when we talk about Bahrain being the first track, I don't even remember what it looks like. And I've probably seen a race or two there already. Yeah, Bahrain is where Roman Grosjean had his fire. And they started last season in Bahrain as well. So it was a season opener last year Okay, as well. So Bahrain has, it's not the first time that it's done this, but it is, uh, it is kind of traded places with Australia a couple times as the season opener, Mm -hmm. but it is positioned well on the planet for early season racing because it's warm. It's not going to suffer from a lot of the winter temperatures, like a lot of the tracks on Mm -hmm. the calendar do Mm -hmm. in March. Oh, gotcha. where it's kind of volatile of whether or not it's spring. In Australia, it makes perfect sense at the season opener because it's still summer there. So on, on the calendar, I'm just going to guess, is Monaco the oldest track on the calendar? In my research, there's three tracks that hold the title of have been on the calendar since 1950. Now, the thing that's interesting about it is that some of them were built at different times and have operated as racetracks 
before Formula One? Are we saying, is it the oldest track that mm-hmm. Formula One races on? Or what is the oldest Formula One Grand Prix? Well, 1950 was the first year of F1 and the first race took place at Silverstone. Okay, cool. I assumed it was gonna, you were going to say Monaco. Silverstone, Monaco, and Monza. So we mentioned all three courses that date back to 1950. Silverstone is the the home course for F1. Interesting. Had its first race in 1948. Oh, wow. That is old. Is that why every single corner has a name? Yeah, some tracks do. Some tracks are numbers, some tracks are names. But yeah, Silverstone is the mecca, the original, the oracle of Formula One. Uh, quick uh, little vignette I'm reading here. Silverstone was first used for racing by a group of friends who set up their own race in September 1947. Maurice Gogan lived in Silverstone Village and knew that the airfield was deserted. He and 11 others raced over a two-mile circuit. Gogan's car ran over a sheep and killed it. <laughs> the informal race became known as the Mutton Grand Prix. That's cool. cool. That's good. That's, good. That's, That's really like, good. But what are some of your favorite tracks besides those three? What are the, some of the funnest to look for? As I watched last season, races would come up and people were more excited for some than others. Yeah. Brazil, people were way stoked on Brazil for some reason. Yes, I do love Interlagos is the name of that track. And that's super cool. Lots of elevation change. Really, really like green and lush around it, which I also, we've talked about. And nobody's excited for Coda. (laughs) Coda's garbage. (laughs) It's a weird looking track. We'll we'll get around to why. Megan Thee Stallion was there (laughs) walking on the track. But she likes I Formula have PTSD One. She does. <laughs> she loves it so, so much. <laughs> she loves the rims on the cars. Uh, the no, cars. Not rims. this again. She loves when they put on their turn signals. <laughs> She loves that moment when they're starting them with like lawnmowers in the, the beginning. Cord, yeah. yeah, she. I I heard that she helped top off the blinker fluid in Red Bull's pit. No kidding. Wow, that's cool. Or was She's it one cool. of her people? Uh, it was definitely Draco Malfoy. One of the most okay. down to earth artists I can think of. Yeah, yeah. She'll talk to anybody for sure. So Interlagos is cool. Is so that Interlagos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interlagos is a really cool track. It just has a lot of dynamic. It's a very you know lots of bends, lots of good straightaway opportunities. And again, when you come over a blind crest in a Formula One car. It's really cool. I feel like Mugello had some of that, which we were really fortunate to get a race at Mugello in 2020 because of some of the calendar mix-up, which is another Italian Mm -hmm. racetrack. But yeah, so anyways, Interlagos is a really cool track. It's been on the calendar for a really long time. But you know, Erden Senna, that was his home course. So there's lots of cool pictures of of that era. That's crazy. It's so interesting, Mike, like that we can dive into any one of these tracks and just have crazy cool history behind each one of them. And maybe that's something we do in future is pick a track, have a quick segment where we just talk about like, what are some of the crazy things that have happened? And slowly mm. we can educate ourselves and, and listeners. So when these tracks come around on the circuit, mm. we, we have a whole bunch of backstory that could be fun. I think um, there are some tracks that I, I have missed out on because being a new fan also with COVID that look really awesome. Like the Singapore Grand Prix or maybe the- Amazing. Because Japan, mm. does it have a part that goes over the top of the road? Like there's a bridge? Yeah. That's cool. I haven't seen that in a race yet, I don't think. Suzuka is an iconic race course, been on the calendar for a really long time. Mm. Most of the drivers will admit that it's top five for them. What makes that track good? Super, again- <laughs> 
yeah, Suzuka is, and, and it's been around for a very long time. Mm. It's hosted the Japanese Grand Prix from the 1960s back before again, like cool. Formula One was really participating in, uh, in Japan. You know, the racetrack has a lot of straightaways, a lot of high speed bends, but then mm. it also has some really um, technical corners, chicanes, the uh, S curves. And again, visually pretty, just a really good spot. And again, like you were talking about with the bridge is really cool and iconic. So it's been on the calendar a long time. A lot of the drivers really love it. But something that I think is interesting about this topic is that a lot of what you're hearing from fans will say, via reddit or instagram or twitter a lot of what we're we're using as our like recent oh we like this track is because of the current regulation right or the or the what is now the past regulation what that racing looked like on that track but what's super crazy is last year i remember we're pulling up to the circuit paul ricard the french gp last year and i remember you texted me and you said mike I'm super excited for this race. I remember this, yeah. And you're like, I saw the map of the track. It looks so cool. Yeah. And I remember I texted you back and I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was stoked. But you were giving me like lots of doom and gloom that now this is going to be pretty boring. This track is the worst. Why? I, I, I forgot already. Why? But, <laughs> but here's, the, here's the crazy part of this story is actually one of my favorite parts. I could not have been more wrong. The French Grand Prix last year was one yeah. of the best races of last season. It was a really, really good year to, to watch that race. But the thing that's now different is that cars are going to be closer. Top three teams is up for debate on whether or not they're going to actually be the top three teams. We're rewriting the book on what's going to be interesting this year. Some car, some tracks might be boring this year with the new regulation that were used to be really good. And Monaco might be more exciting. I think people often say when Monaco comes around, it's it's such a cool track. It's iconic. It looks gorgeous. But the cars move around there like giant, like Cadillacs trying yeah. to get through the like parking lot. Yeah. yeah, they can't even side by side in most parts of the track. Yeah, because they're just not enough space yeah they used to be able to run side by side in monaco but the cars didn't used to be this wide it's funny but yeah monaco is still a very interesting track still one of everyone's favorite mm. on the calendar despite the fact that there's very minimal passing there is an alternative layout to that track right they have changed the layout since the first race if I recall, even in this past decade, I thought they added a whole long run along the ocean front there that wasn't there before. They have always run along the water. There have been two cars that have ended up in the bay Wow! Um, in the past. But they have probably, again, without having done a lot of research on how that layout has changed, I would imagine that a lot of the chicanes down there in the harbor are where that uh, those additions and changes have been made, those small tweaks. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine that that's, that's about as much as changed along the water. But you can look back, you can see pictures. I have them on my phone <laughs> of the 1960s running down by the water. It's interesting that the U.S. is getting more. Obviously, there's a lot of fans cropping up in the U.S. with Drive to Survive, um, a lot of interest growing. And so they're really trying to capitalize on that and put more races in the U.S. to yeah. keep that interest growing, which is good for us, you know, easier races to get to. But it surprises me that some places like Germany don't have a track. They do, but they don't have a race. What does that mean? Because Formula One has changed its calendar and they choose, they pick and choose which tracks they're visiting each year. Mm -hmm. Some of what we're hearing right now and a lot of what we're kind of adjusting 
is those contracts that are made with races to be like, we're racing here through 2025. Gotcha. Right? I know they just put Imola on for like five years or yep. something. Yep. Imola was, I think, announced Two today. Italian races. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Both Monza and Imola. And Imola, well, it's a very historical circuit because this is the track that Senna died at, um, um, as well as that same weekend. Another driver died that weekend as well. He died during practice and then Senna died during the race. Oh, wow. So Imola is a high-speed course and known to be kind of a little bit dangerous. Yes. So let's, let's, that, that fuels the American blood. <laughs> let's yeah. slap that puppy on the calendar for five more years. <laughs> so dark. Can we get that in riding? But, I mean, it's so true. But also, we love that track. <laughs> so Rest in peace, Harriton. Yeah. Uh, Miami on the 8th of May. It's very exciting. I'm interested to see how this thing turns out. I am too, man. I'm out of my mind that I've got a deep love for Miami. I'm really, really excited to have that happen. It's fun. What's about to happen at F1 in the USA, man? Yeah. I don't know, but Big Willie style better freaking open that race. Am I right, guys? Oh, yeah. Flo Rida. Which rapper do we want waving the checkered flag? Yeah, Flo Rida, man. Because Will, I mean, Will made the song. But his name's not Florida. But his name isn't <laughs> literally Florida. Come on, guys. I thought we were all going to say Meg the Stallion. Okay. On three. One, two, three. Florida. <laughs> um, I mean, it's what other options? Pitbull? Totally. Florida? <laughs> Mr. Worldwide in a worldwide sport. And he's a NASCAR team owner. Is Nicki Minaj from, I feel like she's I thought she was uh, like from an Island. But she's from Haiti. Yeah. Yeah. And she the Haitians yeah. are all up in Miami. So anyways. There's a lot of good rappers that could wave that flag. Yeah, totally. I just feel like... <laughs> None Will of them Smith. have been mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, it'll be fun, man. It'll be fun. Um, that transitions <laughs> into our next segment, Shifting Gears. Yeah. I mean, this is perfect. Okay. So it's not really a quiz. This is just fun kind of news, but I guess it can be a quiz. I think Mike already knows this. Parker, I, you might know, but okay. which Formula One driver has a... Has a, has a cool race car has a, has a side gig as a rapper. Oh, Slash of musician. Of course I know this. Yeah? Yeah. Who is it? Lewis. Lewis? <laughs> Did you know this? Yes. Now, do you know his name that he goes under? Yeah, Lil Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> no. Lil Mr. Wins a lot. <laughs> Is it not that? No. Okay. No. Do you know, Mike? Uh, Lefty Lewisy. Now, it's, <laughs> it's not close. bad. It's um, XNDA. Oh, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> Zinda. That just brings up all sorts of images of Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. I, I think he tried to do it under this name so people wouldn't know. Like, oh. But, I mean, have you heard the song he did with Christina Aguilera? He's yeah. He's featured, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. It's called Pipe. No. Guess what it's about? <laughs> Being a plumber. <laughs> Skateboarding. It's anyway. about playing Mario Brothers. I was thinking... We could speculate what X and DA means. Oh. We could come up with our own theories. I'll also open up on our Instagram a question on the Instagram stories to get our listeners' ideas on what X and DA means. Yes. I mean, do we want to play a sample of the song right now? Um, so it's called Pipe. <laughs> Christina oh, Aguilera. <laughs> Pipe. Hey, Christina, what should we name our song? <laughs> I don't know. Let's name it Pipe. 
Uh, yeah, let's play it. I wouldn't call this rapping. Maybe by uh, British rich man standards, it's rapping. Racing through my neighborhood, racing in my house. Yeah. Racing in my bed. My name yeah. is Lewis. Yeah. Race. Race. I be racing in my bed because it's the only place I win. Race. Gonna get it in. I'm about to get it in. I got two shots to take over Max for stapping. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't happen. Uh. Yo, listen up, yo, yo. It's Toto in the Merc back seat. Hold up the rock show. This is F1 tripping. Everybody sipping on this juice. The juice is the formula. It's the. <laughs> I'm gonna keep driving, keep living. I keep surviving, man. That's some dangerous driving. I'ma overtake here, overtake there. I gotta overtake on here, and this is there. Uh. Yo, still I rise. Everyone comes up to me, still they die. It's number 44 on the car side, and you don't know what you do. It's all live. Uh. Bonotto, don't give me slack. I got nothing here. Give me just a Toto snack, man. That guy's st- six feet tall. <laughs> give me a call. Yo, from a neutral standpoint, he comes in as the underdog, man. You know, joint. Yeah, yeah. Silverstone to Spa to Amola to that one in Brazil. I told ya, Formula One, number one, first place. Get me on the pole. Hit you in the soul. Parker, hit me up with some more flow. Uh, uh. This car's fire. It's going real fast. Maybe we can. Go faster, I never even asked. Maybe we can get spiked, maybe we make a song called Pipe, I don't know. Oh, and this car's so fire. Man, but wait, I ain't got no tires. Whoa, is your name George Russell? Cause we took the tires off and got rid of your muscle. And now you're in last place, you should be in first. I know you're the best, but we're saying that you're the worst. Oh, yeah, I know you're first, but do you got a verse? Cause I'm coming at you a little terse. Yo, Roman Grosjean, like a phoenix from the fire. I try to get higher, but then I gunned on retired. Now I'm an indie car, and Lewis is number one. Oh, wait, number two, Max is the dude. I don't share my toilet for a poo. Uh, where's this assistant gonna poo though? <laughs> Here it comes. Yeah. I like to play the doctor operation. Spread it on the bed like a patient. I'm about to show you that. What's he talking about? good, I can eat it up. Every single time that you drop it, trust me. Yo, XDNA. We'll let this play out, but XNDA. Hit us up at dosshossboys at gmail.com if you know what that name means, or on our Instagram, hoss.boys at Instagram. We'll come at you next week with all of our guesses as to what that means. There's no wrong answers here. This is a good outro, dude. Yeah, yeah. Every answer is the wrong answer. <laughs> and then this week, Drive to Survive launches. New season. Definitely going to be talking about that next episode. Also, the new driver announced on Wednesday for Haas. Lots to talk about. Tune in next time. Podcast. Haas Boys.